Hello brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a beautiful day here at the cross. The snow is gone. Where you guys are going to be sitting, I see bare, bare ground. One week ago, I was standing on bare ground, but there was snow where you sit. Now it's all bare. The ground is bare. The sun is shining. It's a little bit cold with the wind up here. You probably will see or hear, or rather, you will hear some papers fluttering around as is normal up here when the wind's blowing. Um, one of the things I wanted to try today to see how this works out is I wanted to try a new voice amplification system that we had purchased to try to see if I could potentially make it so people could hear easier and I am wearing that right now and I'm also going to see how it affects the recording of the sermons the test run that I did earlier worked out really well so we're just going to go from here we're going to give this a go and see how it works out our verses today is from John chapter 15 verses 1 through 8 I am that vine, and my father is that husbandman. Every branch that bears not fruit in me he takes away, and every one that bears fruit he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now are ye clean through the word, which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye, abide in me. I am that vine, ye are the branches. He that abides in me, and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and withereth. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they burn. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask what ye will, and it shall be done to you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, and be made my disciples. Lord, we ask that you come down with your Holy Spirit upon this place where I stand, Lord, to guide this sermon. I ask that your Holy Spirit fall in the place that these listeners listen to this recorded sermon, Lord. I ask a blessing upon these people. I ask, Lord, that you forgive us our sins. I ask, Lord, that you clear our ears to allow us to hear and to clear our hearts, to allow your word to get deep into our hearts so that it can transform us into those warriors of Christ that are Christ-like and know the value of the blood that was shed upon that cross at Golgotha so many years ago, Lord. We thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, and it is in his blood and through his name that I pray. Amen. There are many different ways that pastors will prepare sermons. Some pastors like the ones from long ago, some of them wrote out entire manuscripts that they would preach from. And by preaching, I mean meant that they felt that the Holy Spirit spoke more to them in the privacy of their study than he did at the pulpit. So they would go 
and they would write out entire manuscripts and then they would go to the pulpit and they would read these manuscripts. Some pastors will have a little bit of manuscript and a little bit of notes hammering on the harder parts with the manuscript and having the notes in various spots to allow to allow the Holy Spirit to work during the sermon. Others will use scarce notes or no notes at all. My sermons in the past have ranged anywhere from complete manuscripts to manuscripts with notes. I have not used any full manuscripts up here at the cross. Most of these have been full, or not full, but partial manuscript and partial notes. The sermon last week was all off from notes. I've told you guys that we have to have faith in God, and I don't want to screw up when I'm up here and I'm I'm scared to say anything that's that's not of God. I I hold God and his son Jesus Christ in such high regard that I I do not want to say anything that that wouldn't be considered of him and of his word up here. So last week I went just off notes and I think it went really well. And today, I'm going to go just off notes and allow the Holy Spirit. I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak through me more than I've allowed in the past. And this is a great leap of faith for me. It is a very, very, very great leap of faith. So, I ask that you have some uh, some grace toward me with this and this transition, and we'll see what happens. As Jesus was speaking, he told the people, I am the vine, and my father is that husbandman. And what Jesus was doing at this time is he let them know ahead of time that he was the vine, that God was the vine dresser, the husbandman, the gardener. He set up the responsibility God Christ man now as we're going to get into in some of the other verses it needs to be said right now that we are grafted into Christ we are not a natural branch of Jesus Christ that we have been grafted in that grafting process, if you're not familiar with it, there is a T that is cut into the bark of the host, just barely into the bark. The bark is then peeled back and the branch is put in. The bark is folded back over on the branch and then it's tied or taped. Now that's just a very, very, very... Um, simple way of putting it. There's much more to grafting. But that'll give you an idea. We are grafted into Christ. And being grafted into Christ, it's in Christ that we're going to grow 
or we're not going to grow. If we're grafted into Christ and we ever have, if we ever want any chance to grow, we have to be fed and watered with scripture and prayer. We have to cling to the vine. For it is that vine that is going to give us life itself. Without that vine, we will not have life. Jesus said in verse 2, Every branch that bears not fruit in me, he, meaning God, takes away. We must bear fruit. We must bear fruit. If we are in Christ, we will bear fruit. We have no choice. For them ones that do not bear fruit, God will take away from Christ. The ones that do bear fruit, God will prune. Pruning is a very invasive process. And it's a very, what would appear to be destructive process. It is not a nice process. Pieces of the branch are removed. Dead pieces, ill-growing limbs off that branch are removed. They're cut from the branch. As we are in Christ and we begin to grow, as we are hooked to that vine, as we cling to the vine, is the very essence and the very thing that we need to live. God will prune us. We will have things in our human nature that need to be removed. Because if they're not removed, it's going to affect our walk with Christ. And it's going to affect the fruit that we produce. So God will begin to prune us. Through the reading of His Word, through the unction of the Holy Spirit, through the cross of Christ, we begin to be pruned. One sin by one sin by one sin by one sin. If you remember in Hebrews, we were told that the Word of God is a two-edged sword. That we can use it in battle, but also with the second edge, when we bring it back from a swing, it will do what? It's going to prune us as well. The Word of God just isn't used as a weapon against our enemies, but it's used as a tool to prune sin from our lives. And as that sin is pruned away, the fruit grows. Jesus said in verse 3, Now are ye clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Sin has been pruned away. We cling to the vine. We cling to Christ. The blossoms come. The fruit starts. Pruning for a season is finished. And that fruit is allowed to grow. Now you ask, what are you talking about fruit? 
If you have your Bibles there with you, you can turn to Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. The fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, in the older translations, patience in the newer, gentleness or kindness, depending on your translation, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, temperancy, or self-control. In some of your newer translations, for meekness will have gentleness, and for gentleness in the verse 22, they will have kindness. Those are the fruits of the Spirit. That is what will grow in you when you've been pruned by God and you cling to the vine that is Jesus Christ. For man is incapable of bearing this fruit of the Spirit alone. Jesus tells us in verse 4, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. He's saying that there's nothing in this world, no branch that just is hanging in midair, that's going to produce fruit. The branch needs the vine to produce fruit. And you need Jesus Christ to produce fruit. It's not a it's not an issue of maybe or I can. You cannot bear fruit without Jesus Christ. Without being hooked to that vine, you cannot bear fruit. Now this fruit can be mimicked. And for a season, one can show love. One can show joy and peace. Patience. This fruit can be cloned. But this fruit that is cloned is nothing more than the wax fruit that used to be on tables around this country as decorations. And that's what your fruit will be if you have not Christ. It will be wax fruit. Wax fruit with no life and no chance of ever living. This fruit is not a long-term fruit. And in time, your human nature will eclipse this fruit. This cloned fruit or this fruit that's mimicked this fruit that's not of God cannot last and it will come to naught that fruit is not living like the fruit of the spirit in verse 5 Jesus tells us I am that vine and you are the branches he being you if you abide in Him, and He in you, you will bring forth much fruit. We can look at verse 5 as a summary of verses 1 through 4. This summary being that Christ is the vine, that we are the branches. Christ must be in us, we must be in Christ. 
in order to have fruit of the Spirit. If we have not Christ, we will have not fruit. We will be nothing more than a dead branch ready to be pruned. Without Christ, we can mimic a lot of the things of the Christian life. Without Christ, we can have beautiful lives. But without Christ, we will never grow. Without Jesus Christ, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one shall come to the Father but through me. Without Christ, there will be no eternal life. Without Christ, eternity will not be good. If you are alive today without Christ, know that any of the good character traits you have are mere clones. It's a mimic of actual fruit and it's not alive and it can't sustain itself nor will it. Your branch will be pruned from the vine. It will be pruned from the vine because your branch will have dried up. You were not growing in Christ. Your fruits were not developing. You were not growing more and more and more fruit. Your branch dries up and it begins to harden as a dead branch that you could see on a tree. All the trees around here have dead branches on them that need pruned. These branches are useless. They're useless to the tree and a dead branch is useless to Christ. And so he says that the husbandman, the gardener that is God, God Almighty, that God will prune that branch and it will be gathered up with the other dead branches that were not producing fruit and be cast into the fire. In verse 7, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ask what ye will and it shall be done to you. This is one of them verses that people jump all over and say, if I'm a child of God, if I belong to Christ, then I can ask for anything and God is going to be forced to give it to me. And this is where Pastor Danny says, context, context, context. Because we're talking about fruits of the Spirit here. And you have to look at how stuff is worded. This verse is worded, Ask what ye will, and it shall be done to you. 
It doesn't say it's going to be done for you. You cannot ask God for a new car and God has to give you a new car because you are a child of God. He doesn't have to give you anything. But in the context of the verses, that if you continue in your scripture reading, you continue in prayer, and you look and see and say, I want my fruits to grow. I want more fruit. I want to be more loving. I want to be more joyous. I want to be more peaceful and more faithful. I want to be meeker. I want to have more self-control. If you ask these things, God will give you these things. Ask for the fruits. Ask what ye will, and it shall be done to you. But beware, listener, beware, fellow Christians. If you ask to be pruned, it may not be something that comes gradual. You will be put into positions. You will be put into situations. You will be put into places in life that will prune more to allow these fruits to grow. What you're essentially doing is asking God for these fruits. You're asking Him, Lord, Lord, prune me more. Make me more Christ-like. I, I want to be yours. I want to be like the vine. And God will do it. But there will be, there will be pruning that is involved. And it may seem very harsh at times. You may hit your knees and say, God, why? Why? What is happening here? I, I ask to have more love. And you bring me people that are unlovable, in my opinion. I ask to have more joy. And you put me in positions, Lord, that don't seem joyous. I ask for more self-control. And you put me in situations where I have to exercise my self-control. And one of the things I learned a long time ago is you don't ask God for patience because he will put you in some situations that will really test your patience. <clears throat> I couldn't figure this out as a new Christian. I knew I needed patience. My patience were very, very, very slim and I needed patience and I said, Lord, I need patience. Please, Please, I need patience. And the very first thing that happened was a situation that tried the little patience that I did have. Quickly followed by another situation that tried my patience. And another, and another, and another. 
and I cried out and I said, God, God, I need a break. All of these situations, they're, they're trying my patience here. But because I didn't know then what I know now, I had been asked to be pruned. I had asked God, prune me to produce more fruit. And prune me, he did. And all how great it would be to be Christ-like. And maybe someday many of us will get close to being Christ-like. But it will take work and it's going to take pruning. The Christian life is not some walk in the park where you just cry out to God, accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, and then go about your own business. The Christian life is a life of constant pruning. You start out as a small branch grafted into Christ. You cling to Christ. You cling to your Bibles. You cling to the Word of God. And slowly but surely you grow from the vine and your fruit begins to produce. And you get pruned a little and you produce more fruit and you get pruned a little more and you produce more fruit and you get pruned and you produce more. I've said many times that if you're no farther along in your walk with Christ after 50 years in a church or after 50 years of being a Christian, you really need to get on your knees. You need to get on your knees and figure out why this is. Why it is that you've never been pruned. Why it is that the fruits have never grown in you. Why it is that you're no more Christ-like than the very day that you asked Jesus to come into your life. Is it a situation where perhaps you never did ask? Or is it a situation where you weren't sincere when you cried out to God that the Holy Spirit never moved on you. The Holy Spirit never moved on you and here you are 50 years later. Your branch that you think is grafted into the vine. You think that you have been grafted into Christ but you have not clung to the vine. And you have not grown. You have not grown one iota. And soon you will be pruned from the vine and cast into the fire. If you're not producing fruit, I ask you today, I beg you today, get on your knees. Get on your knees and cry out to God. Cling to God. And when I say cling, I mean get that Bible open. Read, study, pray. I have said it every time. Read, study, pray. For that is what is going to make you grow in Christ. 
that is going to what that is what's going to make you a Christian is to read, study, and pray God's word. Jesus finishes up in this section. With herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, and be made my disciples. You see, the more pruning, the more pruning that comes your way, the more pruning that happens, the more fruit that you produce. The more fruit that you produce, the more glory to God. You see the formula? The more you grow, the more fruit you have will be you having more Christ. Less Christ, less fruit, more Christ, more fruit. Less fruit comes from less Christ, more fruit from more Christ. And when you have more fruit and you have more Christ, you bring more glory to God. You have to cling to Christ. Cling to that Bible. Read it. Get to know it. It's often been said out of many of people that if they see a Bible that is torn to shreds, from years and years and years of constant use. If it looks abused and tattered and raggedy that the person holding it isn't. I can tell you this today that the condition of your Bible oftentimes will show you the condition of your heart. If you have a 30 year old Bible that still snaps when you open it like it was the first day that you had it I fear for your soul. If you have a Bible that you open up and there's words written in it, notes taken in it, the cover might be tattered, there might be pages falling out because that Bible's been used, that, that Bible's been clung to. It's been held on to at the top of mountains and it's been held on to and clung to down in the deepest, darkest valleys. These are the people. These are the people that I will guarantee you are bearing much fruit. These are the people that know that every breath that comes out of their mouth is because of God. That every breath they breathe brings glory to God because they're out serving Him. They're out obeying His commandments. They're out doing the things that Christ commands us to do. They're not following their selfish, sinful desires. They're following Christ. They're clinging to Christ. And it is that clinging. It is that clinging that will make you bear fruit. And it will bring glory to God. The chief end of man 
is to bring glory to God. That should be our mission on this planet. The chief end. The chief end of Danny. What I need to accomplish with my life on this planet, whether it ends tomorrow or whether it's 50 years from now that it ends, my chief, chief end is to bring glory to God. It's pretty simple, folks. No Christ, no fruit, no glory to God, no salvation, no heaven. You will be cast into the fire as a withered dead branch. You'll be void of God, void of Christ, and void of eternal life. I wish that no one that hears this would perish. I ask you today, are you grafted into the vine that is Jesus Christ? And if you feel you are, are you bearing fruit? Is your fruit growing? Are you producing more and more and more fruit? Is that Bible getting worn and tattered with pages dog-eared, notes scribbled in the margins, words underlined, that you are feasting upon it. That you know that without the Word of God and without Christ, that life is useless. Where sits your soul today, listener? Where does it sit? If you have decided that you're going to go get your Bible out today, and you open it up and it makes that sickening crack of a brand new book and you've had it for many years you need to pray you need to seek Christ you need to repent of your sin not just a I'm sorry and move on with life you need to get down on your knees in a godly sorrow knowing that you've offended an almighty God. Get down on your knees, pray. Ask God to change your heart. Change your heart and let Christ come in. Be grafted into that vine. Grow. Produce fruit. Be one of them ones that is so sold out for God and so sold out for Christ. The people won't have any second guess on where you went when your eyes closed for this last time on this earth. That they know that man, that woman, so loved God, so loved Christ, so clung to that cross, so cherish the blood of Jesus Christ that we know that right now that person is standing in front of the throne of God. We get one chance at this, guys. One chance.
There's many do-overs we can have in life. But for life, there is no do-overs. Seriously, today, I want you to look at your walk with Christ. I want you to look at where you stand with God. I want you to see, take a real, 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 real deep look at your own life and see if your fruit is growing. And if it is growing, has this fruit been steadily producing more and more and more over the years? For I want all of us to be able to say at some point that, yea, my chief end on this planet was to glorify God. Amen. Father, I thank you for this beautiful weather out here. Lord, I thank you that your Holy Spirit come down and it fell upon me. I ask that it fall upon the people that are listening, Lord. I ask that it fall upon them and give them a very, very authentic and true look at what their life is and where their fruit is and how it's being produced. For those that are producing fruit, Lord, I thank you and I praise you. For those that are not, Lord, I ask that you send your Holy Spirit down to convict them of this sin. That you convict them of those things that keep them away from Christ. That you convict them of the things that are stopping their fruit from growing and producing. I ask, Lord, that if there's people listening here today that are not yours, that like you did to me in 2006, Lord, I ask that you drive them, that you drive them to their knees in repentance, that you drive them to their knees and show them that without you and without your Son, Jesus Christ, that this life is but just a sickening ballet that when the final tune is played, it comes to naught. Show them their need for Christ, Lord. Show them their need for Christ, Father. Show them their need for Christ. Show them the need for His blood and why we need that blood and why it is and why I pray in His name and through His blood. Amen.